You're listening to the Liberty Talks Podcast with your host, John Douglas. Today we have special guest, teenage political activist, Bradley Cooper. We have to find a way to talk and have dialogue and be tolerant between other views. You have to have open dialogue, and that's where free speech is so important. Consent's a very important thing, and today in the Me Too movement, it's been very important because I think it's really opened up a lot of eyes. I think we should get away from this hookup culture and get back to relationships because when you have a relationship, you have that communication, you have that connection. If you committed sexual assault, it doesn't matter when it was, you should be held accountable for that. However, we have to make sure that we actually make sure they committed sexual assault and we have to make sure that all allegations are verified. So put in these programs thinking that it'll help everyone, but what they forget is that the pathway to hell is paved with good intention. And I think that's what this whole movement is all about anyways, is uh, trying to be open to ideas. So Bradley, thank you so much for coming on Liberty Talks. So to start us off, the audience might not know much about you, so can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, absolutely, and thank you so much for having me. Of course. It's a pleasure to be on. Yeah, so when I was 12 years old, I started in politics. I volunteered over 100 hours for now President Trump making phone calls and trying to get the vote out for President Trump. And ever since, I've just continued in politics. I've had the pleasure of working on over six political campaigns for different, various different offices. And currently, right now, I'm 15 years old. And I worked for, most recently, now Senator Hawley on that successful campaign with the Missouri Republican Party. And now I'm just kind of taking a break from working on campaigns and really focusing on everything I can do with the issue that we're going to discuss today. Well, that's great. And how old are you now? I am 15. So that's what I find just really amazing. Whenever I was 15 years old, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just goofing around playing video games. So it's great that you're that you're doing all this stuff. That's really amazing. Well, thank you very much. You know, it's it's definitely a pleasure. And the fact is, a lot of um, 15-year-olds don't know what they want to do with their lives yet. And I'm just blessed that I do. And I'm blessed that I have the opportunities that I've been presented with to get started with what I want to do and start making change in the world. Well, that's very good. And uh, so the first thing I want to ask you about is I want to go straight to the article that you were in. So I believe it was the NRA that uh, printed this article uh, about you and your school, right? The Kansas City Star, the large, um, one of the largest newspapers in Missouri, printed the article. Now, the NRA has been a fantastic help, and I am incredibly grateful for the NRA. It's a fantastic organization, but uh, the Kansas City Star did print that article, yes. Okay, Kansas City Star, so thank you for the clarification. And uh, can you tell us uh, a little bit about that? I know you're a part of a false alarm uh, for a school shooting. Yeah, so on Friday, December 21st, um, in the morning, so most of our student body was at the school, although school hadn't officially started yet, the active shooter alarm went off. And um, the doors automatically close and lock when our active shooter alarm goes off, and that did happen. Although the problem is all of our students were in the commons. Our school is separated from the commons and the education wings, so all the students were locked in one place in the commons. They were practically sitting ducks. So then we have administrators coming out and yelling for students to go to their classes and only their classes, and they couldn't just walk to the nearest classroom. So students start panicking and trying to get to their nearest, uh, get to their classroom, and they're passing all these opportunities to get to safety, only going to their nearest classroom. 
I was actually instructed by numerous staff members and administrators that I had to go outside to an alternative building when the common knowledge was someone with a gun was trying to get inside. So for a brief amount of time, I was actually locked outside because that alternative building door was also locked. Now, thankfully, a staff member did come and open up that door, but for a brief time, I was locked outside uh, with what we thought was an active shooter. Back inside, students were still panicking. We actually had students coming off the bus and into the school, um, and teachers were panicking, trying to rush them all in their classroom as fast as possible. But overall, it was a very traumatic experience and one that I think the nation can learn from. Yeah, it's definitely uh, traumatic for anyone to go, uh, go through that. I actually had a cousin who was at the Santa Fe uh, school during the shooting. So I definitely know the trauma that uh, goes with that, even though I haven't experienced it personally. I, I know what it's like to be a family member of how it's happened. So tell me what you think the school could have done better. How, how do you think we can solve this uh, problem of mass panic and freaking out? Well, you know, I am incredibly thankful for my school, Willard High School, and our Willard School District administration. They have been an absolute pleasure to work with. Um, I've been upfront and honest about them, about everything I'm trying to do, and they are supportive of me, and they are um, wanting to get better. And one thing that we discussed is making sure that we are prepared for more than one time throughout the day. And um, that's something that I think schools across the nation need to address. And more, at least more attention grabbing would come arming teachers. Um, now that's a very blanket term. Arming teachers in my mind is putting them through rigorous background checks, lots of training and tests, and then allowing the teacher to conceal carry in the classroom. Now, there are a lot of opponents to this, although the fact is, as the NRA School Shield program has proved, we can see a massive um, amount of students' lives that are saved if teachers do have that option to carry guns. That's great. And so you think it would indeed work? I absolutely think it would indeed work as long as we have lots of training and background checks because we can't just be giving teachers firearms and having them protect students without training and background checks because these are our students and we need to make the situation better and not worse. You're listening to Liberty Talks Podcast with Michael Anderson and John Douglas. Follow us on Twitter at Michael, the number four, Freedom, and at Real John Douglas. Subscribe and listen to the show on Spreaker, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Liberty Talks Podcast is brought to you by all of our musician contributors and musical producers, including Shamari and Jarrell Beats. Uh, this is something that uh, I'm kind of close with too. My, my school, the high school I went to, never had a school shooting, but after the Parkland school shooting, they put up signs and uh, started arming their teacher. If you actually walk to my old high school, they literally have a sign up that says, teachers are armed and we will do whatever we can to defend our students. Now, there are some people who that actually scares and they say that guns should not be around students, that uh, when students see guns and, or know that teachers are armed, it actually corrupts their mind and makes them feel scared in, in a unsafe environment. What would be your response to that? Well, you know, I think it's important that we realize that school safety is not a red or a blue issue. School safety is a red, white, and a blue issue. And the problem is school safety is so polarizing right now. 
It's either one or the other, and they can't meet in the middle. And I, that's with a lot of things in politics right now. And really, it's just red or a blue issue. And I'm working to make people realize that it's a red, red, white, and a blue issue. It's an American issue. It affects everyone. And I think we all need to work together and take that into consideration and work with students. Uh, talk to students. Talk to staff members. Legislators need to be out there talking with people and finding out what the people want. They are elected to represent the people. And it's, uh, it's time that I think we address the issue of school safety while representing everyone. Well, we know there was one school shooting, that the big one that uh, the media latched onto really quickly and still is latched onto, and is the Parkland shooting. Now, there are uh, a lot of the kids from the Parkland shooting actually disagree with you. They say that we uh, need to ban guns because guns are what killed the students, and they created an organization called the March for Our Lives. Uh, where do you think these students go wrong, then? I don't think they go wrong. Um, you know, I saying that students go wrong when standing up for their own political viewpoints is simply false. There's not a single student that stands up and goes wrong. Students who stand up do the right thing. Students who stood up after Parkland are doing the right thing. They agree that there's a problem. Now we disagree on how to address that problem. I have said from day one that I will work with David Hogg. I will work with anyone from the March for Our Lives movement. I would love to work with them to fix this issue. We are never going to fix and address school safety if we focus on partisan politics. It can't be one or the other. So we need to work together. We can't have the separation of students. To, and you saw it on CNN's town hall. We separated the students from this side and this side. We are all students. We are all affected by this policy. So I think it's about time that we stop spending time focusing on, well, this person wants this and this student wants this. No. All of the students want school safety. Now, how do we get there while pleasing everyone? Well, one of the criticisms of the Parkland students, and I have interviewed Kyle Kashoofs, and uh, I think this is something he touched on a little bit too, was that whenever they go out there and do the March for Our Lives, inherently what they're saying is that if you disagree with us, then you don't care about our lives. And that turns a lot of people off to it and doesn't want to make them listen to these kids. Uh, when they're making arguments like you don't care about our lives if you disagree with us, are they worth listening to at that point? Because that's a pretty cruel and nasty thing to say. That is an extremely cruel and nasty thing to say. And I will call out David Hogg. I will call out March for Our Lives every single time they say something like that. Although in the end, it comes down to school safety. Do I agree with how they get there? Absolutely not. Will I agree with their policies? Never. Will I support what they're doing? Absolutely not. Do I support the fact that they are saying those things? No. Do I think that they should be saying those things? No. Do I think that a lot of the things they say get extremely misrepresented by the fake news media? Absolutely. You know, they they honestly go out there and they try to make change, and I commend them for that. What I don't commend them for is saying those types of things because it's simply rude. It's disrespectful to other students, and if – I start working with these students, and if they start saying those things to me, then we won't be working together. Although until they specifically say those things to me and until I specifically have that experience, I will give them the benefit of the doubt. I will give anybody the benefit of the doubt and until they prove otherwise. And if they prove otherwise, then I just won't work with them because school safety is not a uh, red or blue issue. And students who say 
if you don't agree with us, you're simply ruining students' lives or killing students. That is polarizing. It is making it into a red and blue issue. And I will not stand for anything that makes any uh, issue when it comes to school safety a red or a blue issue, even if it's on my side. If it's on my side or uh, the left, then we simply shouldn't stand for that sort of thing. So tell me about a little bit what uh, you've been trying to do to increase school safety. Have you been meeting with uh, senators or politicians? I know you had your interview. Uh, can you expand on some other things you've been doing? Yes, well, I've had the absolute pleasure of being introduced to the uh, House of Representatives here in Missouri. I have talked to a lot of legislators here in Missouri working in Missouri politics. I did have a lot of contacts in Missouri legislation, so that's that's great. But right now I'm really focusing on what we can do on a national level. Missouri is going to address these issues. The state of Missouri is going to do a great job at addressing these issues, although there's still 49 other states. So now I'm uh, trying to address this on a national level. I'm trying to gain national traction and really focus on the fact that this affects not only the state of Missouri, but all 50 states in the great country of America. So we need to come together to work on this on a national level. And if other people want to get involved, how should they get involved? What advice do you have for them? Well, you know, I... As soon as I decided I wanted to get involved, I was coming home uh, on the bus that evening. And I was like, you know, I, I really think I need to do something about this. And it took about a month. I was in contact with journalists. I was in contact with Ryan Moore, who actually wrote the article on the Kansas City Star. Fantastic job, by the way. Ryan writes a lot of great stuff. Um, we see that it took a long time. It took almost a month to go from the incident happening to even the first article about it being published. And I, I think the one thing I would say is never give up. It, it all happened so fast. One day we thought we weren't going to get published, and the next day I have people calling me wanting to do interviews. So, I mean, it, it really goes it, it goes fast, but at the same time it takes a long time to get there. So I spent about a, just a month just on my phone constantly uh, actually spending a lot of time on social media direct messages. I would just direct message everyone and anyone, hey, this is what happened. Uh, how do I get involved? How can I help out? How can I make awareness of this issue and share my story? And a lot of people said no. There was a lot of no's. There was a lot of uh, people that just left me on open and didn't respond. There was a lot of people who had no interest in helping me. If you reach out to 3,000 people and three of them respond, those three people are enough to do what I'm doing because that's what happened to me. I reached out to well over 3,000 people and only about three of them responded. And so there's going to be a lot of no's. There's going to be a lot of no's with everything. But in the end, if you keep trying, persistence is everything. Just keep on doing it. Keep on tweeting. Keep on um, Instagram direct messaging. And eventually you will for sure get involved. And students who want to get involved with what I'm doing, I would absolutely love that. Um, my social media is Bradley Cooper Mo. And please feel free to um follow and then message me on there. I would love to hear from you and get involved um, with, have you get involved with me because this is definitely a movement. It's not a one person thing. It's, it's anyone. And it, even if you're not a student, feel free to contact me, reach out to me. Um, and I would love to work with you. Well, thank you so much, Bradley. And I definitely advise anyone who wants to get more involved or who has any questions, definitely reach out to Bradley. He's pretty easy to find, like you said. And I uh, thank you for so much for coming on. Well, thank you so much for having me, and I look forward to seeing what we can do together in the future. That was it tonight. 
You are listening to Liberty Talks Podcast with Michael Anderson and John Douglas. Tonight we had special guest Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper is a 15-year-old political activist. You can find Bradley Cooper at Bradley Cooper M-O on Twitter. That is at Bradley Cooper M-O on Twitter. Thank you very much for listening to the Liberty Talks podcast, and y'all have a wonderful night.